0: Well, hey there, and welcome to the Scattered Saints podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm so glad you're with us today. We have an awesome message from Pastor Brett Eslinger. It's titled Under One Name. We are so excited for you guys to be in this season with our church. If you want to know more about our church and get involved, you can go to scattersaints.ca. You can fill out your contact info and reach out to you there. But turn up your volume, get ready for this message, and we'll talk to you guys at the end.
1: Hey, come on. It's so good to worship together and to be together. And I don't know about you, but there's something about this. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of like intimate. It's like we get to be together. Uh, it's like I'm in your living room right now or uh, on your device and your phone and we're just get to be connected in this way. Um, I just have to say I'm so thankful, uh, for our amazing team who set it up. I'm actually, uh, at home right now. Uh, thank you for your prayers. Um, and for the love and for the coffee the support the things that have people have dropped by for your little notes and texts uh it means the world i know it means the world to desiree she's getting better we believe she's turning the corner uh thanks for continuing to pray for our team members uh, who are sick and um and thank you for being a part of this service today and and if, if it's your first time uh In our description, if you're watching on Facebook or on Church Online, you can actually uh, hit, I'm new here, and if you hit, there's a link there, new here, you can get connected and learn more about our church, and and we love to walk with you and and go on this journey with you uh, of life following Jesus one step at a time. Uh, You can also do something else. You can text The word hello to 587-400-2010, and uh, we'll walk with you on this journey. You can get connected right here at the church. Well, again, my name is Brett. I'm the senior pastor of this incredible church, one church in two locations, under one name, the name of Jesus. And, uh, you know, I've I've got a message today called Brick by Brick and uh, I'm reminded of Matthew 16. Jesus says, I will build my church. Now, it doesn't matter uh, what the scenario it is. It doesn't matter whether we're online or we're in person. It doesn't matter our method or our mode. Jesus says, I will build my church. Uh, There's this phrase from uh, Pastor Rich Wilkerson Jr., brick by brick, brick by brick, Jesus is building his church. And I want to just Lean into that concept. In in 1 Peter 2, verse 5, it says, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. You are living stones. Jesus is our cornerstone. He's our foundation. He holds us together. We build on him. But brick by brick, Jesus is building his church, and he's building you. See, sometimes we get confused, and we think that the church is a building, but the church Isn't a building. Now, music has been a big part of my life, and uh, as a part of that, I've gotten to actually perform at the Winspear Center uh, eight or ten times uh, in in various stages and capacities, seasons in high school bands, you know, classic playing the trombone uh, at the Winspear Center for family and friends, and then later uh, as as a musician uh, performing with, with our band and doing all kinds of things, performing at the Winspear Center and and a tech. Uh, actually told me this story uh, that he told me that the Winspear Center was it's because it's right in the heart of downtown there's a there's an LRT that runs underneath it and that the Winspear Center is actually a building within a building that the auditorium the main concert hall is is actually built as a secondary building right inside the footprint of the larger Winspear Center facility. They do that so that they can keep the noise in and, and they can keep you know, the, the traffic and the honks and the sirens and the sounds of the train out so that it's pristine acoustics to preserve the sound, preserve the acoustics of the Winspear Center. Uh, to test this, this tech went on to tell me that uh, the Rolling Stones, a number of years ago when they were doing a, a stadium tour across Canada came and they, they used the rehearsal hall as their main Now, the rehearsal hall is in the outside building. It's not inside. And uh, so they were cranked it up all the way up to 11, you know, uh, just pounding it out, practicing, rehearsing while the symphony was performing inside the concert hall in the building within a building. See, they constructed a building within a building to keep the noise out. And I think as the church, we are the exact opposite. We are a building within a building. We are the church. The building is not a church. The building is uh the church is not a collection of buildings. You know, we got multiple buildings in multiple locations, but that's not the church. You are the church. We are the church. Brick by brick. Jesus is building his church. We're the exact opposite. We're not here to keep the noise in. We're not here to keep the light and life of Jesus contained. We're the opposite. We're here to let it out. Let out the light and the love that's found in Jesus. If you've got a Bible, we're going to jump into 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And before I go any further, I just need to encourage you if you're watching this right now and if you've been impacted by this, church and if you've been impacted by jesus that you just hit the like button and you hit the share button right now I, I believe it's not an accident uh that you're watching this and that you could be a part of reaching somebody on your friends list uh by sharing out this service right here right now all right we've got our bibles we're going to second corinthians three. 2 corinthians three if you're with me say i'm with you Okay, I can feel it. I can feel it. I'm with you. Second uh, Corinthians 3 it says, We all, with unveiled faces, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the spirit we are reflecting the light and life of Jesus it's as if we're looking into a mirror his light is shining into us transforming as bible here says from glory to glory that we are looking more and more like Jesus every single day that as his light shines it's reflecting off our life and our life so that everything that we do and everything that we are reflects the light in life of Jesus. I think I think about uh, John 1, verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. You can't put out this light. So we don't hold it in. We don't hoard it. We, we don't keep it for ourselves. In fact, we, we, we turn all the lights on. We shine it bright for the world to see. The church is not a collection of buildings. You are the church. We are the church. Whether online, in the room, or in any way, shape, or form, you are carrying the light and life of Jesus. Now, as we're talking about this theme or this idea of under one name, we're using Ephesians 4 as, as a backdrop. And uh, why don't we go there in, in our Bibles uh, to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. This is the Apostle Paul. He's writing, and he's writing to the church in a city called Ephesus. Now, this is uh, a major trading place, a major important cultural city. Um, but what's happening specifically in Ephesus, Ephesus was Paul's home base for about three years. Uh, He served there diligently. He knows the people. He loves the people. There's a personal connection there with him. And the Apostle Paul's writing to them while he's imprisoned in Rome. Uh, He wrote it around the same time as Colossians. And so you'll see that there's some shared content. But this one is a little bit more personal than in Colossians. He kind of laid it out there. But he's speaking now directly into situations. And he says this in, in Ephesians 4, verse 1. He says, therefore, I, a prisoner... For serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. He wants you to live a life worthy of your calling, saying you have been called by God. Now, often when we read that, uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm reading the scripture, I'm reading the Bible, I don't always understand the exact level that he's speaking at. So, here in Ephesians 4, verse 1, He's speaking specifically not to an individual calling, but to the corporate calling of the church or the entire collective call of the church. So he's saying, live a life worthy of your calling. So what was their calling? Their calling was to take two cultures and to fuse them together. He's speaking to a church that was divided. He's calling them to unity because they were Jews and they were Gentiles, and they were trying to figure out how to come together and bring two cultures together. And I can't help but see the parallels of our own situation as we have two churches, West Seventy Christian Assembly, an engaged church who are coming together for such a time as this. Jesus is shifting us. He's changing us. He's moving us from being local churches to being a regional church with local impact. Brick by brick, Jesus is building his church, but he's building you as his church, and he's calling us to unity, unity under the name of Jesus, to go and accomplish what he has woven our hearts together for, to live a life worthy of our calling in unity. This is a call to unity. But what's interesting about unity is that each and every one of us has an interesting uh, and special and significant part to play. When he calls us to unity, he recognizes our diversity. He recognizes that there's different pieces and different parts that he's adding to it, that brick by brick, he's building his house and his church. And each part is important. This is Ephesians 4. Verse 7, however, he has given each one a special gift, each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Jesus has given us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. There you go. You can see the the scripture verse. He's given us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Now, let's flip ahead to verse 16, Ephesians 4, verse 16. Oh, there we go. We'll help you out. Uh, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love he fits every piece together knowing that each one fulfills a significant role that you have a special place in a special season and that as you grow you're helping the whole body grow that that your growth is an impo- is an important part of the growth of the body of the growth of the church. That God handcrafted you, created you for such a time as this, for a season such as this. That He wants to use what He placed inside of you, but we fulfill our highest calling we live a life worthy of our calling when we come together in unity and we accomplish the plans and the purposes that jesus has and for many of us and for most of us that are here watching this right now it's here in this church now you've noticed i've shifted my language my language i no longer say in these churches because we are one church in many locations today we are in so many locations from house to house in home to home. Jesus is building his church. This church, we're under one name, the name of Jesus. You know, we're in this uh, collection of talks and conversations that right now is happening online. Uh, as we're facing, you know, significant challenges with members of our team and their their health, I'm thankful that we can gather in this way. But I think Maybe there's a method to the madness of Jesus as he says, okay, I want everyone to be reminded that it's not about a building within a building, that you are the church, that the scattering and the gathering is equally important, that we actually spend more time scattered than we do gathered. You know, there's like 167 other hours in the week outside of the one that you spend in the church service. Now, this is crucial. This is important we don't forsake it we're going to get there in a moment but as we begin to understand who we are we begin to understand that we play a vital and important piece that you being in the room or you being online or you being an active participant in the story of god is you fulfilling the greatest potential that he's placed in you it's you living up to the calling and the corporate calling that he has on us as a church. If we're trying to find some language, we would say that Jesus is building his church brick by brick. But if we had to describe ourselves, we would say that we are Jesus people. Come on, turn to somebody and say, I am Jesus people. Like, wow, that's weird. That's plural. I don't know why we're saying that. Let's go to uh, Ephesians 4, verse 11. Uh, 11 and 12 he says and he himself meaning jesus gave some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists some pastors and teachers to equip the saints which is you for the work of the ministry to build up the body of christ this is the convergence now of two pictures as the body is one picture, each with special parts linked together. You know, we need the fingers and we need the hand and we need the arm and we need the wrist and we need the joint and we need the knuckles, we need each part. So we have this picture of a body and we have a picture of a building being built brick by So how does Jesus move us forward? He says that he's gifted some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. He's talking about me now. And he says that it's our job to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, to build up the body of Christ, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So that's what our church should look like. It should look like it's a place where the saints can be equipped to do the work of the ministry, to fulfill the calling that's on their lives as individuals, and to fill the calling that's on our lives as a church. In different locations, in different cities, in different regions, from place to place, from home to home, Jesus wants to use you. But what does that look like? What does a place where the people are equipped, where the saints are equipped, to do the work of the ministry. What does that look like? I can tell you it looks like Jesus. It looks like Jesus. We'll go to Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4. For it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Now, this is Jesus quoting Isaiah, Isaiah 61. But this was what Jesus was sent to do, and this is what happens when Jesus shows up. Freedom is in this place. Wherever Jesus is, there is freedom. Second Corinthians 3.17 takes it even further. It says, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. What does a place look like that's focused on the equipping of the saints to do the work Of the ministry. Well, let's let's look at it in a different translation. Ephesians four verse twelve in the New Living Translation says, "Their responsibility, meaning the fivefold ministry gifts, is to equip God's people to do His work and to build up the church, the body of Christ, to build the church brick by brick, to build up the body of Christ." I really want to dial in around. The word equip. We've got all kinds of thoughts on what it means to be equipped, to be equipping, um, to be a place of equipping. Oftentimes we think of uh, training, right? We think of education, we think of knowledge. I just need to be equipped. I need to, I need to learn more and in and, 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 and grow. You do need to grow, but I think sometimes we we don't fully understand the usage of the word and what i love about the original language of scripture i'm just going to i hope you got a coffee or a beverage what i love about the original language of scripture is that as we look at the greek we understand that there's maybe more like an onion there's more to this word so the church then is a place we are a part of a place where our lives are built up brick by brick where we play an important part as individuals, but importantly, we, we, we play a larger part in God's plan as a part of a body, as a part of a local church. And he, he sent people and gifted people to equip. The word equip is threefold. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. The word equip is threefold. The original language, equip, means to prepare, so to make something ready for use or consideration, to make someone ready or able to do or deal with something. That's preparation, but it also means to mend, to repair, to repair something that's broken or damaged, to heal or to put back together. It also means to restore, to bring back or to return to its original state to return what was taken, whether it's relationships, marriages, dreams, visions, sons returning to fathers, whatever it is that when you're being equipped, it's not just about the acquisition of knowledge that Jesus wants to equip the saints, the people of God to do the work of the ministry. And before he releases you, or I should say, as he releases you, he's doing something to prepare you for what comes next, to make you ready for how he's going to use you, to give you the gifts, the talents, the abilities to, he's going to magnify those things. It's going to be a place of development. It's going to be a place of character development because it doesn't matter how talented you are if you don't have the character you will be crushed under the weight of your calling if you don't have the character that can cash that check the church is a place of preparation to prepare you in every aspect of life that's what our Church is under one name, a place of preparation, not only of knowledge. It's a place where we prepare our hearts. You know, as we come into Christmas season, I love that line in Joy to the World, prepare him room. Let every heart prepare him room. In this season, would you prepare him room? Would you surrender? Would you give up a piece or all of your whole heart to follow him? Prepare him room. Jesus wants to mend. He wants to repair. He wants to heal. He wants to put you back together, peace by peace, this is a place. Where it's safe to come in broken because as you come in broken and we're all broken in some way, in some aspect that Jesus will put you back together, but he's going to put you around people who can help you put the pieces back together. He wants to mend broken hearts. He wants to mend broken relationships. He wants to put you back together. You know, the best way that you can reach somebody is by telling them the story of how Jesus put you back together that your mending has more to do with your purpose and your calling than you would like to admit. Sometimes we get so caught up in being just like being perfect and complete and mature as Christians. But the truth is your mending is the work of Jesus. It's miraculous. And it's in those miraculous moments that others can find hope. Your equipping has as much to do with your mending as it does about your knowledge. And last. He wants to restore. He wants to put the broken pieces back together. There's something different. Amending is a tear. A Restoration is to take back what has been taken from you, to return it to its original state. He wants to restore some of those things i believe today there's some that would even be watching that says you've you've even you've even lost you feel like you've lost something you've lost a piece of your identity you've lost a piece of uh Of of your faith. You've lost a piece maybe of a relationship. You've lost something. Jesus wants to bring it back, but he is constantly doing this work where he's changing, and he's redefining you, and he's restoring you through a process that he's equipping the saints, and through that equipping, it's, it's a process where he's bringing things back. He wants to restore what has been taken from you, but it all starts with that first step to prepare him room. It starts equipping the first step to being equipped is surrender. Come on, last week we learned that the first step towards unity is humility. The first step towards equipment is surrender. Surrender never stops. We don't ever arrive. <laughs> we aren't ever done being equipped. We aren't ever being done being prepared or being mended or being restored he's constantly doing this deep work this is what happens here this is the church he is building us as individuals brick by brick he is in building us uh brick by brick as a church as one church in many locations shifting us from being a local church or local churches to one regional church with local impact brick by brick break now i want you to catch this this is hebrews 10 25 this is so important if you're still with me just wherever you are say i'm with you i'm with you <laughs> okay it says this hebrews we'll put this bible back up here at hebrews 10 25 and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another especially now come on this is what happens This is what happens at church. We encourage one another. We build each other up. Why is it that the church is the only army where we shoot our wounded? Come on. They will know us by our love and our love for one another. His equipping and his preparation is not cold. It's not based only on knowledge, though. He wants to impart into you new knowledge and wisdom on how to live your life. But there is a deep love that he has for us as individuals where you can find healing in life and wholeness. So let us not neglect meeting together, understanding that the weaving, uh, that our lives are being woven together. Sorry are being woven together, that our stories are being woven together. Why? Because my mending has something to do with your mending. And as I am being prepared and equipped and I find strength in the midst of your weakness, my story can be a part of your story. Let us not neglect our meeting together, whether in the room or online. Let us not neglect this gathering because it does not matter the method or the mode. It matters that the name of Jesus is lifted up and that as we gather, we surrender, and we prepare him Rue. Let us not neglect our meeting, but let us encourage one another, especially now. I don't know about you, but I could use some encouragement, especially now. I think maybe you could use some encouragement, especially now. Let's just back it up one verse, Hebrews 10, verse 24. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. That's just right before. So setting the stage, setting the context, it says, don't let us forget about needing. He says, no, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Come on, let us keep encouraging one another, encouraging one another to to love more, to give more, to be generous in gesture, generous in word, generous in action, generous in need. That is who we are. We are Jesus people, and we are people people. We love to encourage. We love to inspire. We love to help. We are here to help. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. I've got a way, all right? I've got a way that that we can do this together, okay? We can put our faith into action. We can love tangibly right now. Here's what I want you to do now. Normally, uh, we wouldn't encourage this in church, but we're going to do this. Okay? Are you ready? You, you with me? You ready? And I, I need you to pick up your phone. Okay? Get your phone out. Every, I'll just give you a moment. Get your phone out. Get your phone out. Just as you're getting your phone out, and I really want you to hold it in your hand. Get ready. Get it ready. Get that little finger ready. Maybe your thumb, typer. I don't know how you do it. I'm going to read. Hebrews 10, 24, again, it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. I want you to take a moment with your phone in your hand. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to pray a simple prayer. This is literally going to change somebody's life today. And I want you to ask Jesus who you're supposed to text right now and encourage. Yeah. Simple. Come on, ask him right now. And here's what I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask that you actually do this. I know it's tempting, like, ah, I'll do it later, or You open your phone only to scroll through Instagram when you're supposed to be encouraging somebody. I'm going to ask you to really, really do it. Come on, grab that phone right now. Come on, this is scripture. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. I'm thinking about this right now, and I'm motivating you to share love today. It's just as simple as saying, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. How are you doing? Maybe somebody just needs to know that you're there. Maybe there's somebody that's been weighing on your heart or on your mind, and, and, and you know that you're supposed to talk to them, but just you keep losing, you can't losing track of time. You've got time right now, right here in church. Come on, you got time. Would you reach out to somebody and just let them know that you love them, that you're thinking of them? What are you doing when you do that? You're reflecting, like it says in 2 Corinthians 3, you're reflecting the light and love that's found in Jesus. And that light is a light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot extinguish it. When you send push send on that text message, you are sending the light and love of Jesus. Don't ever underestimate the power of a single encouraging word that can change hearts and change minds. Can I tell you? A simple message to, to let somebody know that you love them is going to shape things in their hearts because what you're doing is you're sending the light of the love of Jesus and then you're encouraging them through that action to prepare Him for Him. Come on, we're Jesus people, we build our lives on Jesus, we're reflecting the light, the love of Jesus, but we're people people. We know that Jesus gave his life for them. So will I. So will I. Come on, saints. We are Jesus people. We're people people. And we follow Jesus one step at a time. I hope to hear the sound of text messages going out as you're sending out an encouraging message. You're loving somebody in a very tangible way, brick by brick. Jesus is building his church. You play an important part. His equipping, equipping the saints to do the work, of the work of the ministry happens through preparation, through mending and through restoration. That's how he equips us to do his work. We're gonna touch on ministry later, what it means to do the work of ministry. Hey, no matter where you are right now, from house to house, home to home, house to house, home to home. If you're watching this, and maybe you thought church was about something more and not something more in like a meaningful way, but something more like you thought, oh, this was just about like moralism or behavior. No, no, no. This is about following Jesus with our lives, about giving him our whole heart. Can I tell you, my friend, that Jesus gave his life for you. He loved you with his whole heart. And now he's asking that you would love him with your whole heart so he can prepare you for what comes next, so he can mend the broken places and he can restore you. He can put those broken pieces back together. My friend, right here, right now, Jesus, is speaking to you directly through me. You might wonder why your heart's racing, even why your palms feel sweaty, my friend. It's just Jesus speaking to you. He wants you to know that you are loved and that you are cherished. He wants you to know that it's not a mistake, that you're watching this right now. He wants you to know that you're watching it with other people who love you, who want to do life with you, who don't only want to open a church building to you, but they want to open their lives to you and pour out the love of Jesus on you in a tangible way, in the same way that they have received it first themselves so if you're here and you're watching this right now and you say you know what i want to make a decision to follow jesus i want to trust him i want to go that way i want to go the way of love i want to discover life i I need someone to put me back together i'm so broken i need someone to restore the broken pieces if that's you i just want you to text the word J-E-S-U-S. Text JESUS to 587-400-2010. Here, I'm going to help you out with that. Okay, whoa. Text JESUS to 587-400-2010. Text the word JESUS to 587-400-2010. Come on, we're going to pray together. And then we're going to worship together. And I don't want you to just go, okay, I can turn this off. No, no, no. Jesus wants to let this word settle deep into your heart. And for those of you who are already following Jesus, he's going to speak to you now through this song. Come on, let's pray together. I want everyone to repeat this after me. If you're making a decision to follow Jesus, if you're inviting him into your life, this is your prayer. Come on, say this after me. Say, dear Jesus, I need you now more than ever. So I give you everything. My wins, my losses, my sins, my successes. From this moment forward, I'm following you one step at a time. Mend me, restore me, forgive me, put me back together. Teach me to love like you love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Thanks for joining us on the Scattered Saints podcast today. As I said, my name is Josh, and one of us at the church would love to connect with you at scatteredsaints.ca. So if you go there, fill out your contact info, you'll have an opportunity to chat with one of our online pastors Um, You can learn more about Jesus and what it means to follow him, to be a Christian, to be a part of our church. So go to scatteredsaints.ca to find out more, and we will talk to you then. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you guys next time.